I want everything we got, whether you play today or not, everything you got is getting poured into this week. You're going to get the same out of us as a staff, and we're going to show up with our best collective effort as the Minnesota Vikings this next weekend when it matters the most. We are primed and ready. Hey, everybody. He's Rocky. She's Adrian. I'm Mickey. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Polly. I'm Apollo Creed. She's Miles, a fight promoter. This ain't Rocky. This is the playoff edition of Vikings Report. Drew and Ted Drewster, how are you? Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Uh, Ted, how about that iconic song we just heard? The great Bill Conti. We're kind of in the Rocky mo- oy, oy, oy! What are we waiting for? Take this! Okay, now we can start. You know, they're kind of the underdog, even though they're not. They are for the whole tournament. Yeah. We are in the playoffs! Let the music ring! Gold Vikings, let's win this game! Gold Vikings, honor your name! Go get that first down, then get a touchdown! Rock em, suck em. Fight, 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 fight! The very first... Vikings report with Drew and Ted playoff edition preview coming oh. your way. I am fired up, man. Yes. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm fired up like Rocky entering the ring down there. I was hoping it wouldn't show. Yeah? Yep, yep, yep. How about that movie, Ted? I loved it. I'm fired up like Rocky hitting that side of beef that Polly left. Bam, 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 bam. bam. You know what I wanted to do tonight, but I didn't have anything in the fridge. I was going to do the eggs thing for you. Oh, no. Yeah, don't do that. That's gross. Eggs are like $50 a piece now. Don't do that. <laughs> Ruby, how are you? You wouldn't let him do that, would you? What is he talking about? Like, you know, when Rocky broke like three or four raw eggs and drank them when he first started training? 28 degrees. Hold on here. Well, we deserve it. We've been getting away with murder for the last couple of weeks. Our high today could possibly be... <sighs> this is the worst. <laughs> Oh, man, I wouldn't go to sleep in the same bedroom as him, that's for sure. <laughs> that would be a sure knockout, Ted. Yo, Ruby, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm excited. Playoffs, I think they have a great chance to win. I do, too. I, I'm fired up. I'm really looking forward to this week and really enjoyed this season so far. I've enjoyed covering it with you and Ruby and Chris. And, man, I just can't wait to get going. Vikings! Do not botch this. Do not botch it. <laughs> and if they watch our preview, they won't botch it. We're going to cover won't. it all. We're going to cover it all tonight, Ted. Like the guy says, you're going to eat lightning and you're going to crap thunder. We are. Look, we got a great show ahead. We've got our contest winners. We're going to announce those guys in a little bit. Congratulations to our prize winners. And before we get on with anything else, Ruby is going to roll our promo for Purple Pain Forums and for our own humble little website, Vikings Report. Dot com. Ruby, hit it like Rocky hit Apollo and broke his ribs. Purplepainforums.com. Purplepainforums. That is the like the best Minnesota Vikings chat room around. It's better than social media. Like you just get so much crap on social media. Just these negative trollish comments. You don't find any of that over on Purple Pain Forums. Funky Town and Dan Chat do a great job of moderating that board. And it's not just Vikings talk. It's college football talk. It's stuff that's not even related to sports. You can talk you can talk politics there if that's your thing. But it's well-moderated. It's very respectful debate. A lot of great folks there. Great original content. Great contests. PurplePainForums.com. Go check it out. The other site we'd like you to check out is VikingsReport.com. Our website has links to all of our social media accounts. Links to Purple Paint Forums, sections in the webpage for all of our contests. You can see the latest updated standings. Just a great site. Ruby's done a hell of a job getting that all set up. If you want to see the Vikings Report Vault, go check that out. And you can see what prizes are available. We give away prizes at the end of each live show we do. We got a link to our Zazzle page where if you, you want to buy a coffee mug or a travel mug, you can do that as well. So VikingsReport.com, go check that website out. You ain't stopping the fight. You ain't stopping nothing. Go for the ribs. <laughs> Don't let that bastard breathe. <laughs> You're a lean, mean fighting machine. You know, everybody talks about Burgess Meredith as the as the penguin back in Batman, and that was a great role for him. 
I'm telling you. <laughs> like, he played it in a campy way. That whole show was overdone, the original Batman TV series. But his role as Mickey yeah. was just, that was perfect, man. Like an old school custom motto yeah. boxing trainer. Just awesome. It was the probably the best casting of any character in the history of movies. <laughs> it was right up there. It really was. Do you think Rocky's a top 50 movie? Top 30? What do you think? Oh, it's a top 10, man. You think? Oh, oh okay. Okay. It's I mean, Rocky. Now, what's not top 10 is his softcore porn movie, The Italian Stallion, that he did. How about you give us your other Get out of here! Don't you ever interrupt me while I'm conducting business. You lay off that pet shop day. Women weaken legs. Don't Google it now. God, I hope Polly Burt Young wasn't in it. <laughs> That's another great type. Oh, oh Polly. What a Burt great Young, character. Yeah. When yeah. he's smashing up the house with a bat. You can't live by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Polly. <laughs> All right. We talked about Purple Pain Forums, VikingSupport.com. We're going to announce our contest winners. But before we get any further, Drew, what time is it? Ed? I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? Yo, Adrian, he's right. Light this candle. Rocky! Resume the countdown. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> we are so dumb. God, we are, we are mentally incapable of doing anything we we are we just are it's a waste of life dumb 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 <laughs> yes <laughs> what are we at episode 87 who do you got for 87 yeah. ted 87 mike tice wore number 87 the yes big he did. Uh, i believe byron chamberlain wore 87 carl lester crumpler carl lester crumpler he did we can't do episode 87 without mentioning the great john beasley John Beasley, yeah, probably the first great tight end in Vikings history. Yes, 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 I agree. All righty. Rolling into it. Here we go. Yeah, we, so we got a little bit of injury news. Garrett Bradbury is still uncertain, but he is going to practice. He has been practicing. Kevin O'Connell was very clear that, look, we want him to practice. We hope he plays. However, we don't want to put him in a position where he's not at full strength. If he cannot go, Chris Reed will go again like he has the, the last couple weeks. Good news is Blake Brandle tackle has been activated off IR, so his 21-day window is now open. I would argue the Vikings would be better off playing Oli Udo. I can't believe I'm saying that, but Udo is, has looked pretty good at tackle. I mean, look, he's looked a lot better at tackle, which was his position he played in college, and the Vikings tried to move him inside. I would still expect Udo to play at right tackle over Brandel. Are you thinking the same thing, or you got other ideas on that there, Drew? Yeah, because Brandel hasn't played. I think if he's been playing week after week after week, he's maybe a better tackle than Udo. Yeah. But he hasn't been playing, and Udo has. We're going into the playoffs. He can't start a rusty guy out there. No. And look, Udo hasn't been bad. He's been downright respectable. I mean, he's played about as well as you can expect a backup tackle to play in the National Football League. They're probably going to flip Thibodeau over to that side. I would imagine they would, yeah. Instead of having him go up against Derisaw, but he could have yeah. his hands full over there. So I'm hoping Bradbury can give it a go, Ted. So, sadly, the season has ended for our other three NFC North compatriots. Wah, wah, wah. the correct way, Ted. Okay, my bad. All right, Drew Bunning here. I'm going to wave a magic wand. Here's my magic wand. I just waved it. And now you have the chance to be the GM for any one of the three NFC North team. And let me give you a little bit of info for all three teams heading into the offseason. Thanks, Ted. The Chicago <laughs> Bears. Yeah. Have the top pick in the NFL draft. They have over 100 million in cap space, and they have a first-round quarterback still on his rookie deal. The Detroit Lions have two first-round picks, two second-round picks, eight picks total, and a team that 
barely missed the playoffs and absolutely caught fire the second half of the season. And then you have the Green Bay Packers. They still have a good defense. They've got some cap issues. They're currently over the cap. Aaron Rodgers is a big question mark. They really haven't gotten a good look at Jordan Love, and they've got some contracts to address, much like the Minnesota Vikings do. If you had the pick of any of those three jobs, which one would it be? Which one would it be? That's no-brainer for me, Ted. It would be the Detroit Lions job. It would be. The Lions, they got, what, number six overall? Number five overall? Six and 18 in the first round, I believe, yeah. Six and 18, there's a lot to do there with, with moving around to get more guys, but they got two firsts, two seconds, and they're only really a quarterback away from being a true contender. They're the furthest ones along. They have the best head coach of all three of those guys. Yeah, I'm throwing LaFleur in there. After I saw Dan Campbell Sunday night say, we're going to send them home. We're going to kick their ass. We don't care. He says it on camera. It's really refreshing. It's refreshing to hear that guy talk. He's getting a lot of respect with me. Yeah. Am I right? Am I right? Yes. And not only that, but when they had the ball 2016, I believe they had just broke the two-minute warning, and they just come out of the huddle the two-minute warning, and they had a fourth down call inside the Green Bay 20. A lot of guys would have – kicked the field goal, and tried to play defense. Dan Campbell threw the ball and got the first down and ended Green Bay's season. That was stones, man. That was absolute stones. I wish O'Connell would start thinking like that. Yeah. What about that hook and ladder? And then declining the offsides penalty. They jumped on purpose. He coached circles around. Matt, oh, did. cram it up your cram hole LaFleur in that game. We haven't bought into the Lions. They say it every year. We're going to get better. We're going to get better. Just like KOC broke the gloom in Minnesota, I think Dan Campbell has removed the gloom from Detroit. I, I think, think Detroit's so going to be the real deal next year. They're going to be set up with the draft. I would definitely take GM spot with the Lions over those, those other two teams are going to regress, Ted. You think the Bears are going to regress? Because you can't regress much more than the first pick in the draft. No, they're not They're not close. They got a good quarterback. They got that covered. But they need a lot of positions. They need a lot of good players. If you're Chicago, you're 100% trading out of that first spot. Let's rewind about a year. Blah, 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 We're back one year ago today. We've just rewound a year. <laughs> How'd it go? <laughs> and we rewound back to a year. How do we go, donkey? How do we get with donkey? Idiots. God, what are we going to do? <laughs> Idiots. Okay. When Ryan Poles was named the GM for the Bears and Quasia Dofomenso was named yeah. GM for the Vikings, Bears fans were chirping that they stole our guy, the Vikings guy, out from underneath them. And you fast forward a year to today, and a couple days ago, Ryan Pohl said he made that really weird trade for Chase Claypool. Gave up essentially a first-round pick for a mid-range wide receiver. They asked him about it in their press conference. He said, you know, you got a whole off-season and mid-season of installs that he didn't get and blah, blah, blah. And at the exact same time that Bears traded for Chase Claypool. The Vikings traded for TJ Hawkinson. Chase Claypool, from the time he became a Bear till the end of the season, had 14 catches. TJ Hawkinson had nine in his first game. He had three days to learn the offense. He caught nine passes. He had 60 on the year just as a Minnesota Viking. Well, and the, the principle of the whole thing is we're contenders. Yes. What are the Bears doing, Ted? At that point in the season when they got Chase Claypool, they weren't going to go anywhere. No. If anything, you're trying to build up assets for next year. Yeah, and so now they've got over $100 million in cash space. You know what Ryan Pulse is going to do with that $100 million in cash space? $100 plus million, $120, whatever it is? Probably spend it at the script club. You, you, <laughs> you ever, do you ever watch those lottery changed my life TV shows where, where somebody who has worked at three minimum wage jobs all of a sudden hits like a $200 million lottery ticket and they're broke in like four years? Yeah. So in like two years, the bankruptcy lawyer is going to be looking at Ryan Poles and he's going to be going, so Ryan, so back in 20, early 2023, you paid $57 million for a Juju Smith-Schuster. Can you explain that one to me, please? Well, no, I really can't. I thought he was pretty good. Well, okay, Ryan, and then here it says right below that you paid... <laughs> 
$46 million for an Alan Lazard. What is all that about? That's what Poles is going to do. I declare bankruptcy! Yeah, I can totally see that. <laughs> I can see that all evolving just like that, Ted. Just because you have $100 million doesn't mean every free agent wants to go to Chicago. Who wants to go play there? They're like two years away still, Ted, from being a contender of any sort. If that. I agree with you that Detroit is the team I would pick on this one. Like Green Bay, do you want to talk about them? Do you even care? No, they suck. They suck. I was enjoying that when the Lions knocked them out. I really was. And now we could go on the Aaron Rodgers watch for the next six months and listen to all the drama. He, like, he likes all that stuff. Aaron Rodgers off-Broadway drama theater for the next two months. God. You know, I, I, I don't get Aaron Rodgers. Nobody does. His family doesn't. His family doesn't want anything to do with him. He doesn't spend any time with the new receivers in the offseason. And then they start the season and he says they suck. Well, yeah. maybe you should have been there practicing with them. Huh. Dumb nut, numb nuts. <laughs> and then, then he goes along during the season and says, well, we got to start making mistakes. Who He lost a bunch of games for them. Yeah, he did. I don't get where the guy's coming from, dude. I don't get it at all. I don't either. So the Vikings go 13-4, and four, win the division. It would not surprise me as we go into next season, depending on what the offseason holds for the Vikings, for the Lions not to be the consensus NFC North favorites for the preseason. Jared Goff has not been a bad quarterback for the Lions. Well, I said they're a quarterback away. Goff is a better than average quarterback. He is. You could do a lot worse than Jared Goff in the NFL. Sure, but you could do a whole hell of a lot better, too. Like Justin Fields. Who was that? <laughs> You're an idiot. We'll dive more into the NFC North and the whole NFL offseason. But we got bigger fish to fry. It's Super Wild Card Weekend. We have on tap one, two, three, four, five, six games spread out over Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Drew, Ruby, and I are going to give you our playoff predictions. And Drew added a little twist just to spice <laughs> up the competition. You know what, Ted? I'm kind of spicy. So is a Carolina Reaper pepper, but I don't want anything to do with those either. It's a Reaper! <laughs> so, Drew has decided to assign one point to the Saturday games, three points to the Sunday games, and a whopping five points to the Monday game. And we're just going to keep running tally between us three. Nice little friendly competition. No contest, nothing for anybody to win. Just kind of bragging rights between us three. No, whoever wins gets that big YouTube bank account we got going. Oh, yeah, that's up to, let me check. Hang, hang on, let me uh, let me check. Uh, that's up to $4.82. So just, just make that payable to Ted Nostradamus Glover while you're there. Let's do it. Let's pick some games. Ruby's going to throw a graphic up on the board. Our Saturday games, the first Saturday game is at 3.30 Central on Fox. It's the seven-seed Seattle Seahawks at the number two seed. San Francisco 49ers. I bet it's all 49ers talk there all the time where you live, Drew. Oh, yeah. Going yeah. to the Super Bowl, going to win it all this year, they're talking. Oh, yeah. It's already done. Done deal. I'm taking the Niners. You're taking the Niners. Ruby, how about you? Yeah. Seattle doesn't have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. Kevin Seifert, I think it was, said every single one of these games – is a rematch from the regular season. It is. Seattle and San Francisco play in the same division. They're very familiar with each other. Mm -hmm. Geno Smith has had a renaissance year. I would argue probably comeback player of the year. Okay, so you're picking Seattle. I'm not, but I'm saying if any team could beat the 49ers in this week, it would be the Seahawks. I'm, I'm going to take San Francisco, but this game's going to be a lot closer than everybody thinks. Okay, clean sweep. Everybody's got San Francisco. The others game on Saturday that'll be 7.15 Central Time. That's p.m., not a.m. On NBC you have the fight in Justin Herberts, the L.A. Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ruby, why don't you go ahead and pick this game first? Who do you like in this one? I'm going to go with the Chargers. Okay. Drew? I am going to go with the Chargers. I'm going to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'll tell I you knew why. he was going to do it. I'm going to tell you why. I've watched a few Jacksonville Jaguars games the last couple of weeks. They're not a bad football team. Spicoli has figured it out, as you used to lovingly call him. Sunshine Spicoli. Sunshine Spicoli has figured it out. And Brandon Staley is just not a very good game day coach. 
Doug Peterson is. Coaching matters more than the, in the playoffs than even in the regular season. I, I like the Jags. I like the Jags to win this one. Jags got a pretty good defense, too. They don't get they talked do. about enough. They do. So we got a split on that one. Sunday games. The early game at noon on CBS Central Time is number seven seed Miami Dolphins at the number two Buffalo Bills. I'm picking the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, way to go out on a limb, Ted. I, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really sticking my neck out on this one. I know that. Uh, yeah, they don't have a quarterback in Miami. Is it going to be Skylar Thompson that's going to go? It's going to be Bob Greasy or Darren Woodley, Mike Woodley. Don Strock, I think, is available. You know, I met Don Strock in San Diego one year. Did you really? I met him after a Chargers uh, Dolphins game. Pretty cool dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with Buffalo too. They're not going to lose this game. Ruby, who you got? Yeah, Buffalo. All right, the 3.30 game on Fox is the Giants at Minnesota. We're going to hold off our predictions for now. We'll make those predictions when we get to our preview segment. And then the late game at 7.15 Central Time on NBC, the number six seed Baltimore Ravens at the number three seed Cincinnati Bengals. Ruby, who you got? Okay, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Okay. Drew? Got a gut feeling that Joe Burrow's going to turn it up to the next level and start kicking ass again. Yeah, kind of looks that way to me, and uh, got the cigar going, all that stuff. I got to go with Cincy. They seem to be playing well right now. They, I yeah. think they're too strong for Baltimore. I'm picking the Bengals too, and they're at home. Joe Burrow's just got that it factor, right? It's awesome. And then the final game on Super Wild Card Weekend is the Monday Night game, seven fifteen Central PM on ESPN. Number five Dallas Cowboys at the number four Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am gonna pick. Dallas to win that game. Drew, who you got? Ted Theodore Dahmer. I am yeah. going with the Buccaneers. Picking the Buccaneers. That's my upset for the week. I think the Buccaneers are going to win. It's hard to go against Tom Brady in, in the playoffs. Ruby, who you got? I'm going with the Buccaneers just because I hate Dallas. Good girl. Wow. All right. Saucer of milk, table two. Wow. That's our wild card weekend picks. We'll throw in the uh, Vikings-Giants pick at the end of our preview segment. Be sure to include Ruby on that. Folks, we ran a couple of season-long contests. It was nobody cares about your fantasy team. A carryover from last year. We had a new game this year called our Super Toe Challenge. And our other new game, we had Drewster's Millions try and guess how much money I could win fake gambling all season. I told you I would suck, and I pretty much did. But our first winner, do we need to do a drum roll? Sure. For our Super Toe Challenge. He led wire to wire. He is the one, the only, the barbecue smokehouse king, Reggie Adams Jr. Congratulations, Reggie. Reggie's restaurant quality human being. Dude, he was on K-Fan the other day, and they asked him his favorite podcast, and he said us. And he said us. Isn't that awesome? cool? That That's is very cool. cool. Thanks, Reggie Adams, and congratulations on winning. All right, so our Drewster's Millions, and for those of you that remember back at the very beginning of the season, I started off with, I think it was $100. My goal was to get to 1000 fake dollars based on Drew's bets that he would give me every week. He had some point spreads, over-unders. Then he had a free prop bet. I was doing really good until like three weeks ago. I picked the Dolphins to beat the Packers, and that pretty much broke me. But I still recovered, and I ended up with like 300 and How much did I end up with, Drew? $325. I ended up with 325 bucks, and the person who came closest to guessing how much I would end up was Mr. John Gibbons. He said I would have $327. Oh! Yeah. Damn, yeah. dude. No, really? Yeah. Two yeah. points away from it. If it was like the showcase showdown on Price is Right, he'd win both. John Gibbons, we're going to call you Billy Gibbons because you're playing some ZZ Top. So he gets, <laughs> yeah, he, he gets 100 bucks. Congratulations. And then our Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy segment is still going on. Why is that, Drew? Because it's tied, Ted. It's tied between our, our good friend from over at Vikings Uncensored, Ryan Johnson, Rhino, and longtime original friend of the show, GMAX 72. They are tied with 10 wins apiece. So what we're going to do, Ruby has the electronic wheel of Toonsa's destiny. <laughs> She's going to put that up on the board and she is going to spin. 
and we're going to figure out who the winner is. So, Ruby, whenever you're ready, go ahead and spin the wheel. Oh, GMAX the winner. So, GMAX72, congratulations. You won that sweet, sweet John Randall jersey and a couple other prizes. Congratulations to all our winners. Thanks so much for playing these games. We have a lot of fun doing them every week. So that's it for our contest. I'm getting told in my ear that our on-location guy, Robert W. Farnsworth, is ready to intro the preview for this week's wild card. So go ahead, Robert. Go ahead and take it away. Hello, everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth here. Welcome to Wild Card Weekend, where our NFC North Division champions take on Daniel Jones. Brian Dable and the dastardly New York Giants. Will the Minnesota Vikings Super Bowl journey continue or will it be torn asunder from those plucky upstarts from New Jersey? We'll find out. Here we go. Thanks, Robert. Look, first playoff appearance since 2019 for the Minnesota Vikings. First playoff appearance for the Giants. I think it's six years they had that. They were all on a boat. You remember that whole controversy with OBJ and all those dudes? And they got they got bounced right away. I can't remember who they played. I don't care. This is the fourth time we'll be playing the Giants in the playoffs. Twice in the wild card game. 94, we lost 17-10. to 10. Yep. And that great Jake Reed game in 1997, 23-22. The Vikings yep. came back and won in New York. Yep. First playoff win of Denny's career. Right. And then the donut game for the championship we played. So this will be the fourth time. We have played New York in the postseason, Ted Glover. And they played the Vikings and the Giants, as you remember, played on Christmas Eve. The Vikings won 27-24, and it was on that Greg Joseph 61-yard game-winning field goal that decided it. Yeah, I was close the whole way. Man, this might be the most entertaining game of the weekend. Maybe Dallas, maybe Dallas-Tampa Bay, but I think these are probably the two most evenly matched teams going into wildcard weekend. You, you agree with that or not? I totally agree with that. The more I researched today, the more I figured it was pretty much even all the way down the line. I mean, 61-yard field goal or the Giants get the game. That's about as close as it can get, right? I mean, yeah. This, this is going to be a hell of a game, Ted. It's going to be very close, and there's going to be there's a lot to talk about. The fact that they played a month ago makes this preview even better because we could dip into that game a little bit. Yep. We have four previews left. This is the first of four. <laughs> I like your thinking. We're going to move off to the side. Ruby's going to put up our big preview board as our tribute to the old NFL Today show with Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek Snyder. As always, we start with quarterback way up here and end with my favorite category, intangibles, right down here. So we'll start, as always, with quarterback Daniel Jones in the first meeting went 30 of 42 for 334 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Second highest passing yard total of the season for him. When you look at the stats, Daniel Jones doesn't do anything better than Kirk Cousins except maybe run with the football once he decides to tuck and go. Kirk had 299 and like three touchdowns the first meeting. I thought he played a great game. He was under duress all day. He was able to avoid it a lot. Daniel Jones was not pressured a whole lot. I like the fact that Kirk is a little bit more older. He's a veteran. He's got playoff experience. He's kind of been here before. This is a brand new thing for, I think, just about everybody on the Giants. Very inexperienced Vikings team, but they do have some vet leadership that's been here, done that. I'm going to give my check mark to Kirk Cousins here. Basically have the same notes I got, Ted. We're right. How's it go? Uh, I have uh, in sync. Both of (laughs) 98 degrees. I don't know. Both of these quarterbacks, I mean, they combined for 64 completions in the first time they played. So both of them were scorching the secondaries. It was really close for me because Daniel Jones, if you let him run wild, he gets confidence. I think that's the best game he's played all year was the one against the Vikings. Now, he only had, I think, like 34, 35 yards rushing. The Vikings did a pretty good job of containing him. But, I mean, Daniel Jones didn't need to run the ball because he had no pressure for most of the game and had guys running wide open all day. Right. I am going to give the Vikings a check mark and Kirk Cousins, basically based on the fact that Daniel Jones, this is his first playoff game. The butterflies are spinning a little more in the first playoff game, and I think he might have a couple early mistakes, maybe turnovers for the Vikings can take advantage of early. Yeah. But 
like you said, with the experience, I'm going to take Kirk Cousins as well. What about the running game? The first game, Barkley was going off on us, dude, for a 6.0 yard average per rush. Yep. If you're going to let Barkley run for 6.0 every time he carries the ball, you might as well stay in the locker room and give up. You ain't going to win. He had 84 yards rushing and a TD. He also caught eight passes for 49 yards. Now, you catch eight passes, 49 yards doesn't seem that high. But a lot of those passes were putting him in second and two, second and three, because they were, he was catching these little passes out of the backfield. Yep. And a, little, a few of those passes turned into first downs, moving the chain. So even though it was eight for 49, you could say, well, 49 is not really good for eight. There's only six yards a catch, but they were big yards. The Vikings, when their defense is in second and two, they don't do well. <laughs> no, not a lot of defenses do. Especially ours, though. I think Barkley's playing a little better than Cook right now, I think. And then you factor in the Daniel Jones running ability that Cousins doesn't show. I hope Madison gets more carries because I think he deserves it. But I got to give – I'm forced to give the Giants my checkmark. Yeah, I'm giving the Giants a checkmark too for all the reasons you said. One thing I think that could help the Vikings, and we talked about this on our live postgame show after the Bears game on Sunday, Alexander Madison looked really effective down on the goal line. He scored two touchdowns. And just looked like he was moving the pile in a way Dalvin Cook hasn't done in several weeks. I would like to see when the Vikings are down on the goal line, Alexander Madison get some carries because I think he can be the difference potentially between one or two field goals versus touchdowns. That said, I still would be remiss if I didn't give the Giants the check mark for the running game because of Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley, is uh, he's just had a better year than Dalvin Cook. Dalvin has just looked slower this year. When he can get to the second level, he can still do a lot of damage, but it just seems like he's a lot more tentative at the point of attack, and he's held up for a lot more no gains or one or two yard losses than he has in, in years past. I, I agree with everything you said. Barkley, if he gets nicked up, though, they're in trouble. They don't really have a number two back. Yeah, that's a good point. They don't. Yeah. And he missed, I think, almost the entire season a couple of years ago, too. Yeah, that would be a huge advantage to the Vikings. But we don't we don't root for injuries on this show. Do not. But it's something to point out. When we talk about the receiving game, you got just Jefferson, 128 receptions. Adam Thielen was 70 receptions. K.J. Osborne was 60. T.J. Hawkinson, let, let me throw this number at you. He's had 60 receptions just for the Minnesota Vikings. Overall. Wow. He's had 86 catches for 914 yards and six touchdowns total. Three with the Vikings. Yeah, I guess we should have went out and got Chase Claypool, huh? (laughs) That's a great number. I love that number, Ted. When you look at the Giants, you know, they're just kind of a – they're right in the middle of the pack, 14th, I think, overall in passing yards. Their rushing defense is 27th. But, look, the Vikings made a lot more money throwing the ball in their first meeting. And I think they're going to do the same again. TJ Hawkinson had a big day. I expect that again. I expect the Giants to try and take that away, which I think with the way KJ Osborne has kind of stepped up these last two or three weeks, I look for maybe more of a big game from him than he had in that first game. It's hard not to pick the Vikings receivers in this game, which is exactly what I'm doing the Vikes. The first time we did the preview on this a month ago, the game in Minnesota, we easily gave the receiving core to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to give it to him, Ted, but it's not quite as a landslide as it was last time we were running this preview. Okay. Full Chovy. I had the Vikings receiving game, but Full Chovy. I'm telling you, the Giants, first off, before we get into anything else, who the hell is this Isaiah Hodgins guy that was kicking our ass? Yeah, that's a good At question. number 18, I'm looking, watching, going, Tootsis, who's 18? I want him gone. Number 18 is killing us. He looks like Chris Carter. He had 12 targets, 8 catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. So first off, do something about Isaiah Hodgins because you should learn your lesson. Big part of this game is learning your lesson from that first game of a month ago. Yes. Out of the 30 completions they had, 24 went to Richie James, Hodgins, and Barkley. I still like the Vikings, the numbers you mentioned on the, the four Norsemen, as I like to call them. It all comes down to Cousins going to get rushed too much to find them. Yeah. Cousins has time to sit back and, and go through his progressions. Big day for the Vikings receivers. But I will say this, Xavier McKinney's back. McKinney's already said this week, I didn't play in the first game. All those passes aren't going to happen. So he's already talking smack. Uh, yeah, I heard that. You know, you talked about Kirk and protection. That leads us right in the offensive lines. Who, who, who do you like there? The first matchup you mentioned it a couple minutes ago, the Vikings didn't do very well on the O-line last time they played. No, they didn't. 
And that was with O'Neal. It was with O'Neal, and Austin Schlopman was the starting center, and Schlopman is out, and Chris Reed will be starting in place of him, with Ole Udo starting in place of Brian O'Neal. Well, this week they're playing a very, very talented defensive line, Ted. Vikings are going to have their hands full. The whole game is going to be won or lost in the trenches on the Vikings offensive line. That's how I feel. We'll go over that in the summary. Yep. Giants are fully healthy along the O-line. The Vikings are a little banged up. I had to give my check mark to the Giants, the G-men on this. Yeah. If Garrett Bradbury plays, which is very much up in the air right now as we record this, that will be a big deal for the Vikings because a, a lot of that pressure Kirk saw and that first game was coming right up the middle. And Kirk did a good job of moving around in the pocket and creating time. I think if Bradbury plays and he is healthy, right, I would give my check mark to the Minnesota Vikings. We have bagged on Ole Udo, the guard, and deservedly so. <laughs> we don't bag on players, Ted. <laughs> Him and Dakota Dozier were a terrible, terrible, terrible combination of guards. Ole Udo... Did nothing but play right tackle when he was in college. In college at Elon, Ole Udo played right tackle. For whatever reason, the Minnesota Vikings decided to try and make him a guard, and that was an abject failure. To the credit of this coaching staff and to the disdain of all of us, right? he made the roster and he was a backup tackle. And look, man, he's played well. This is a completely different animal. I think in our first preview with this Giants game, I think we both said, this might be the very best defensive line the Vikings faced all year. Yes, I think it is too. And it's still exceptionally good. But I think Ole Udo can hold his own. He's not Brian O'Neill, but if he can just hold his own and tread water, I think the Vikings will be okay. That said, I'm still going to give the check mark to the Giants. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. They're probably going to start them off in one-on-one, and then if they need to bring in a tight end or a running back to chip, they'll do it. But Yeah. Defensive line. Dexter Lawrence is a guy I would love to see on the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, we got to get that dude. I, I don't see it happen. Kayvon Thibodeau, rookie, is having a heck of a year. Leonard Williams isn't bad either. I mean, this is a look, this defensive line is going to be a very tough test for the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings defensive line ha- has had guys step up lately. Kyrus Tonga has played well. Patrick Jones, a second. These rotational guys. Harrison Phillips is still playing pretty well. Dalvin Tomlinson is starting to play pretty well. That said, it's hard to look at these two lines and say the Vikings are better. They're good. I just don't think they can match up player for player with the Giants. So I'm going to give my check mark to the Giants here. Uh, it was close for me, Ted. I went right down the line, and a lot of the points that you just mentioned kind of what made me favor the Giants' defensive line with the check mark. The Giants' D-line is the real deal. As we saw a month ago, they were taking over that game. They flubbed and made some mistakes. The the whole team did with the Giants, and it kind of cost them that game. The first matchup, Ward, Williams, and Lawrence had 14 tackles, a sack, three tackles for loss, two passes defense, and six quarterback hits. Vikings got to do better than that. They got to control those guys more than that. And I'll say it again. If O'Connell keeps running Delvin Cook up the middle, I'm going to come unstuck on the live show. I will say, against the Bears, he was running a lot more stuff off tackle into the outside. There's not going to be anything there. And if he's going to run up the middle, give it to Madison. But uh, gave the Giants a D-line the check. What about the linebackers? Jalen Smith had a huge game for the Giants when we played him in the first game. He had 10 tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, and a quarterback hit. The Giants' linebacking core is good. We all know how disruptive Thibodeau can be, whether he's out covered in the flat or he's rushing the quarterback. But the Vikings linebackers had a really good game against the Giants the first time around, too, Ted. They did. Yes, they did. Hicks and Kendricks each had 10 tackles to total 20. See what I did there? Uh, Look at you, Mr. Wizard with the man. And And Hunter had two sacks that first game against the Giants. So I'm going to go ahead and give it the checkmark to the Vikings for the linebackers. I am, too. And I'm going to kind of go out on the limb and make kind of a a spicy hot take prediction here. Let's hear it. Spicy hot take. Brian Asamoah is going to get more snaps than he's gotten at all this season, and he is going to make a play. He is going to make a game-changing play, Brian Asamoah. I like this kid. He's getting more and more playing time. A lot of it had to do with, you know, resting the starters against the Bears last week, which I totally get. But when given an opportunity, he makes the most of it. And I think it's going to be harder and harder for the Vikings to justify keeping him off the field in place of, of Hendricks and Hicks exclusively. They, they've got to get him in the rotation. For him. Yes, that's a good point. 
All right, secondary. You know, you mentioned Xavier McKinney running his mouth. I think he's kind of overrated, but that's just me. I got two words for you, Drew Bunning. What's that? What's that? Duke Shelley. Duke, Duke, Duke. I got meow, meow. Oh, you're yours. <laughs> Duke Shelley. Dude, if we get further along in the playoff, guys like Duke Shelley and Udo are going to make a big difference on what's going on, man. Yeah. He started the Giants game. I think that was his first start. It might have been his second, but he was kind of figuring stuff out, if you will. He made a couple plays, especially in overtime in that Buffalo game. But Shelley is a guy, along with Patrick Peterson, that has really brought this Viking secondary along. I think they've gotten better. Look, they're still not great. They're still last in passing yards. They're 31st overall, 28th in points. I think Ed Donatel, at least I hope he has been holding something in reserve for this game this week in the playoffs. I would like to think he has. I, the few times they've blitzed Patrick Peterson, it's very, been very effective this season. I'm not really enamored with the with the Giants' secondary, especially when you consider who they're going to have to cover. I think the, the Minnesota Vikings' secondary is going to be the difference in this game. I'm going to pick them. I had to give the slight edge to the Giants for the checkmark, Ted, simply the fact that their ranking is twice as good as the Vikings. I mean, they're ranked... 14th and pass defense, and like you said, the Vikings are last pass defense. They get McKinney back at safety. That really helps them a lot. You know, I said the Vikings have a huge advantage at, at uh, wide receiver, but then I look at the stats the last time we played, and Richie James had eight catches. Hodgins had eight catches. Bellinger had a couple catches. Saquon Bartley had eight catches. I think a lot of that has to do with Ed Donatel just not putting any pressure on Daniel Jones, though. I'm giving the check mark to the Giants in the secondary, but you are absolutely right, Ted Glover. You're absolutely right. That Donatel has to do something different than he's been yes, doing. Take a chance. Take a risk. There's no tomorrow, too conservative man. on both sides of the ball. There's no tomorrow, man. Let it all hang out, baby. On both sides of the ball. They're not creative enough on offense. In defense, they just look like they have two sets. We're going we're gonna to blitz a safety or we're going to be in base 3-4. Take some chances. You have to do it. Yeah. So I'm giving the Giants a checkmark secondary. That's fair. Red zone. I like the Vikings in this game, Ted. Throw all the numbers out the window for the red zone. And I know you have the numbers on you, and you'll probably relay them to me, which would be cool. But I think <laughs> the Vikings currently, for this game only, <laughs> no, we always do this for this game only. I think they are better defensively and offensively right now in the red zone than the Giants are going to be. And like I said, Daniel Jones, playoff game, even in the red zone, the butterflies are going to swirl a little bit for him. I don't think he's going to be as cool, calm, and collected as Dable says he is. I'm giving the Vikings a check mark for the red zone. Yeah, those numbers you were talking about, the Giants are seventh in red zone efficiency on offense, fifth in defense. Vikings are eighth in offense, 21st in defense. Throw them out the window, Ted, right? I think so, too, and I'll tell you why. I don't know who the, the player was for the Giants earlier in the week. He said, you know, U.S. Bank Stadium wasn't as loud as, as we were thinking it was going to be. It was really quite manageable. That was a Christmas Eve game. I think Minneapolis had just been hit with a major snowstorm slash blizzard. A lot of people were just kind of, okay, we'll just stay home and watch the game on TV. And it was a noon game. This game is not going to go off until 3. Right. So my fellow native Minnesotans are going to have all afternoon to imbibe in some grain belt, baby. <laughs> that stadium is going to be packed. It's the first home playoff game. Since 2017, you want to hear loud, go back and listen to that first half of the 2017 divisional playoff game against the Saints. That's loud, baby. It's going to be a hell of a lot for Daniel Jones to have to deal with. I think this is going to be an environment they haven't seen before. And like you said, for that reason, I'm going to give the red zone to the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Screw you, Giants fans thinking we're not going to be. We're going to be loud. All right. <laughs> special teams. I know the Vikings have been struggling with special teams lately, Ted. They really they have. have. They have with all the kicking and the kickoff return by the team from Wisconsin. And, you know, I think this week Matt Daniels and the Vikings crew get back on track. And I'm expecting them to have a big, big game and expect a really solid play, a big special teams play. Part return, maybe Metellus. Going for another block. Okay. Um, but I'm expecting them to have a good bounce-back game this week because they've really been struggling. We know they're better than how they've been playing. Their last good special teams game was that Giants game where it was Metellus had that block punt, I believe. Can we not make it come down to a 60-plus yard field goal, please? God, that would that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, and then Joseph had that 61-yarder. That's good enough for me. I'll give it to the Vikings as well. Coaching. 
this is a fascinating coaching matchup. It is. It is very much. Two rookie coaches, two former coordinators from two very successful football teams meeting in their first playoff game as a head coach. Which one is going to blink first or which one is going to be the more aggressive play to win guy? And they just played each other. Yeah. And they just played each other less than a month ago on Christmas Eve. Right. Look, I like Brian Dable. He was my guy when a little over a year ago, the Vikings fired Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman and Brian Dable was my guy. He was my early guy. I, I kind of hope the Vikings get I'm completely happy with Kevin O'Connell don't get me wrong but I like Brian Dable he's done a remarkable job with with the Giants in his first year he's completely reversed Daniel Jones's career trajectory has also helped change the narrative of his quarterback Kirk Cousins he knows how to coach when the game is close playoff games are close they're at home I'm going to give a very slight edge to Kevin O'Connell here and the Minnesota Viking coaching staff I'm going to play the other side a little bit Ooh. Even though I don't, really don't want to, but Ooh. you look at the whole staff, you know, everything you just mentioned is very spot on. But, you know, will it be Dable, Kafka, our old buddy from Northwestern? Northwestern, Mike Kafka. Yeah, I mean, you watched him play a lot over there in the Big Ten. Sure did. Offensive coordinator Kafka or Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator against KOC, Wes Phillips, and Donatel. To be honest, Ted, Wink Martindale, I trust his defensive scheme and game planning a lot more than I do Donatel. And that basically what it came down to. I got the Giants getting a slight check mark, but minuscule, minuscule. That's my check mark for that. All right. In our final category, intangibles. So it comes down to three things for me. I think there's more Vikings players, I believe, that have playoff experience with the Vikings than Giants players do with New York. That's an excellent intangible, Ted. You know, you got guys like Cook and Thielen and Kirk Cousins and Daniil Hunter on the on defense. <laughs> so Darius Smith. Has a lot of playoff experience with the Packers. Kendricks, Harrison Smith. I like this veteran group with the been there, done that before they know what they need to do. They kind of know the environment they'll be walking into, and I don't know that you can say that for the Giants. Now, that may not matter at all. I mean, the Giants may not be phased by that at all. We'll see. The Vikings are really good in close games. They set an NFL record in one-score wins. Kirk Cousins set the record and come from behind victories or tied a record. And they're at home. Home is a bigger advantage in the NFL postseason than it is in the NHL or baseball or the NBA. It matters a lot more to play games at home. If you have the home field advantage, you win something like 75 or 80% of your games. This is a critical deal for the Vikings. And I, I think that's going to be a, a big factor. So for the intangibles, I'm going to give it to the Vikes. Home is always uh, also where the heart is, Ted. It is. And there's no place like home. That and then the home on the range? Yeah. Where the deer and the antelope play. Yeah, snappy, snappy. Good choice. I will say, first playoff game for both of these rookie head coaches. Yeah. Who will hold back? Who will be scared to do do the dirty deed? <laughs> and who will, is willing to take a chance? That's a big intangible for me. Because these playoff games, you're not going to do a, a hook and ladder. Detroit's not doing that if they have playoffs on the line. They're not doing that. Dan Campbell might. You never know. Well, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's usually guys get a little bit more conservative in the playoffs, especially two rookie coaches. You're right, though. It's, it's a lot of dynamics to this. It's very yeah. interesting, very intriguing. I am giving the Vikings my intangibles as well. You covered it with what you said. I had the same things. All right. So that's our preview. We're going to slide back to the center of the screen. Ruby's going to take the big board down, and we are gonna, we're going to go to our summary. Drewster, how Hold do you on, dude. Just, just, what, What's up? It's all itchy. One eternity later. Drew with the hat change. Because his head was itchy and hot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is what she said. Here we go. <laughs> Summer, uh, Ted. <laughs> How do you see this playing out, Drew, sir? I'm expecting a very close game unless one team starts imploding over itself. And we hope that's not us, even though we've seen that a few times this season. But this is how close it is, Ted. Their first meeting a month ago, or Christmas Eve, they had the same amount of first downs, 23. And both teams had almost to the second identical time of possession. And you know me, I talk about penalties and turnovers, probably more than you want to hear, but you know how I believe in that, how I talk about it. Huge factor. And let, let's look at that first game we played. Giants had seven penalties and two turnovers. Vikings had two penalties and no turnovers. That's the difference in that game. Yeah. That was the difference in that game because it came right down to the wire. You know how it finished. I think this game 100% comes down to the Vikings offensive line against the Giants defensive line. 100%. That is the main thing to this whole game. And it's probably, to me, 70 to 75% of the 
who's going to win this game. That's how strongly I believe in it. The Vikings have got to open up some running holes, but more importantly, they got to protect Kirk Cousins better. They didn't do it very well against the Giants. And the Giants come at you, Ted, so they better be ready. Hopefully, this is the week O'Connell should be putting in some three-step drops for Kirk and maybe some designed rollouts. Why we haven't done that up till now, I don't have any idea. Yeah. My next big key to the summary is O'Connell was not creative enough as a play caller, and he's not aggressive enough. He's not. He's got to be a little bit more creative with his offensive play calling. And especially inside the, in the red zone, he's got to be more creative. I, I just think he's not aggressive enough as a play caller. It's really tailed off the, the last half of the season, I would agree. If he doesn't get more creative and attack more and get more aggressive, the Vikings won't win. Also, Donatel's adjustments. That's pretty much all I got. What's your prediction? I got it being a field goal game. I think Vegas is pretty pretty on with that. Score's going to be right around the same as it was last time, Ted. Can the Vikings stay as disciplined as they have all season? Two penalties and no turnovers. That's asking for a lot. Mm-hmm. But if they would have had eight penalties and a couple turnovers, they don't win that game. No. So can they stay as disciplined this week as we did on Christmas Eve? Oh, and the last thing, tackling, Ted. They got to tackle better. What is with the tackling? Been terrible all year. If they don't pick up the tackling Sunday, they're going to lose. Sorry that was a long summary, but I I worked on it all day, and those are the points I see where the Vikings have to come through or they're going to get beat. I still have us winning, though. Yeah, the the way I see it, the Vikings need to play to win on both sides of the ball, like you said. Be aggressive, stretch the field early. On defense, you have got to pressure Daniel Jones. I would hope the Vikings learned a lesson from that first game. And look, Daniel Jones was never a great quarterback, but he was not terrible. And he improved a lot under Brian Dable. Yes. I say that to also say this, that you could put just about anybody under center, and if you don't pressure them, they are going to rip you apart. It's the NFL. NFL quarterbacks do that. You're not going to get, you know, other unless Nathan Peterman's your starting quarterback. I would pay a lot of money to have Nathan <laughs> Peterman playing this weekend. <laughs> They're going to make you pay. The one thing on defense I would expect the Vikings to do is start putting pressure on Daniel Jones from the outset because the crowd is going to be hyped up. You're going to have 65,000 drunk Vikings fans that have not seen a home playoff game in six years. They're going to be fired up. They're going to want to see the Vikings get off to a quick start. I think part of that has to do with the Vikings putting a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones early. On offense, like you said, quick three-step drops, negate that pass rush that the Giants can provide, and do some more screen passes. The Vikings screen pass, they figured out the last three or four weeks. It's gotten pretty effective. And I think maybe you can even use Irv Smith in there too. I, I don't know. We'll see. Those are the two big keys for me, along with the home field advantage. So we're going to break out the cup with the right Reverend Jones here. We got it filled with some Kool-Aid. I'll see to that. I think the veteran leadership on the Vikings and Kevin O'Connell being so good in these close games is going to be the difference along with the home field. I'm going to call it Vikings 31, Giants 23. Yeah, I'm good prediction. I didn't give a final score. I just said it's going to be the same as the other one. But I want to add one thing that you said at the postgame show on Vikings Rewind after the Bears game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Cook running it up the middle for no gain 14 times. <laughs> yeah. That I is don't. so well said. And we've been I seeing don't. it week after week. You know what, Ted? If something's not working, don't do it. Right. Don't change your game. Adjust. Change the game plan to what's working. Why do they continue to do something that doesn't work? I, I will say in the Bears game that the Vikings were doing a lot more off tackle, off to the edge with Cook, and I, they were making money doing that. I hope they take that and use it against the Giants. And if they're going to run inside, use Alexander Madison because the guy was, was making money last week. Yeah, and Cook didn't have a terrible game against the Giants. He had 64 no. yards. But his biggest plays on the year have been on the perimeter. Get him outside. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Drew has us winning. I have us winning. Ruby, to finish off our wild card weekend picks, <laughs> who do you have winning this game, the Giants or the Vikings? If you want to give us any keys to the game, please feel free to do so, madam. I don't have any keys to the game. It's just going to be Vikings 41 to nothing. Oh! Oh! Can we strike up the house band for that? Strike up the house band!
41 Donut 2, Electric Boogaloo. Where do we go? Where do we go now? I would love that, actually. 41 to nothing. Wouldn't that be sweet? She's right. That'd be sweet. All right. That'll do it for our preview. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap the show up with some trivia. Lifetime Music presents Solid Gold Stallone. Put your head on my shoulder. Sylvester Stallone's greatest hits on this two CD or two cassette collection. Get the Ultimate Stallone Collection on two CDs or two cassettes for only $26.99. Do you want to feel young again? Use your credit card and we'll take $10 off. That's right, you get two CDs or two cassettes for just $16.99. But wait. Order in the next 12 minutes and 22 seconds, and we'll throw in Solid Steel Schwarzenegger for free. Pricing reflected here does not include the $49 shipping fee or disclose the fact that we will be billing your credit card every two weeks for new collections you have no interest in. Do, 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 do. Blink, blink. guys how you doing i'm doing good too how are you i'm doing good i'm just gonna go with that all right there we go there's our intro <laughs> hi Tootsies. hello what do we got for trivia this week trivia is my favorite part of the show ted i too this week we have famous rocky quotes vikings and giants trivia and rocky picture puzzles yes <laughs> all right so the famous Rocky quotes. You're going to see the picture, and then you have to put the words together to identify a famous quote from Rocky. Okay. Real quick, Ted, did you like all the Rocky movies? I only liked the ones up to Ivan Drago, and then I didn't really like them anymore. I liked the... F- yeah, those were the four. Rocky Five, the one with Tommy Morrison. Let's just all agree that that movie never happened. That was dumb. And then the Rocky Balboa movie after that, and the, like the most recent one where he's like retired and owns a restaurant. That's actually pretty good. Okay. All right. Actually, who do you want to be, Rocky or Apollo? Apollo. He got killed by Ivan Drago. If he dies, he dies. That's right! He got killed by Ivan Drago. We'll still be Apollo. All right. Okay. Name the quote. Adrian. Yo, Adrian! (laughs) (laughs) That's a great part of the movie. Uh, That is correct. Drop, Ted. 100. All right, for 200, name the quote. Uh, Why why do you... Why do you fight? Because I can't sing and dance. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. Good job, Tootsies. Well done. For 300, name the quote. Oh, um... Time's running out? I don't know, Ted. Versus, it was... Was it Clover Lang? I I can't remember. I'm not getting it. Neither am I. Time is undefeated. Oh! Oh. (laughs) Yeah, Mickey said that. Good job. Three for me. All right, 400, name the quote. Going the distance. Wait. Um, I want to go the, as long as I go the distance, yeah. that's all that matters. Yes. So that's good enough. Yeah. Good job. All I want to do is go the distance. Well done. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, he just watched it like an hour ago, too, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Vikings versus Giants trivia. This is exactly what it is, just trivia, straight up trivia. For 100. Who was the quarterback the last time the Vikings lost to the Giants? And you have some options here. Uh, oh, was when was that Josh Freeman Monday night game where he went like eight for fifty-two? I'm gonna take Josh Josh Freeman. Yeah, Josh Freeman. Very very good. Yes, that is correct. I did not think you guys were gonna get that. Ted Glover. All right, for two hundred, the Vikings traded for this center. Giant Center in 2018 after Elfline and Easton got hurt. Brett Jones. Yeah, it was a Brett Jones to Sasquatch, wasn't it? Sasquatch, yes. <laughs> uh, that's what I should have put on there. I forgot about that. Okay, for 300, in 86, the Giants traded the rights to this offensive lineman for two second round picks in the draft. Giants traded the rights to this offensive lineman. For, to the Vikings? Yes. 
1986. Hold on. Was Gary Zimmerman traded to the Vikings or was he drafted? I, I think he was drafted. I think Mike Zimmerman Ted pretty good. Is right and Drew is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I, I think it was. You get Zimmerman? Did you get it, Ted? You got it. Yes. Zimmerman. Okay. I was pretty brain dead around this time when I was doing trivia, so I asked somebody for help. And Anthony Tollison. Thank Anthony! you. Anthony! What about Anthony? Anthony. Anthony gave me this. Anthony! Who were the two starting QBs in the first Viking game ever? That be Fran Parkington. Yeah, I think it was Fran. That's right. The Giants was it? Uh, would it been? Would it have been? Um, Norm Sneed? Was Gifford gone? Oh yeah, he was a '50s guy. Chuck Bender, I killed him in that playoff game. Norm Norm Sneed. It's a great question, Anthony. Yeah, I, that sounds. I, that that's the name. I, like him or John Hadle? I don't think it was John Hadle. No, he was with the Rams in 64. Y.A. Tittle was long gone. Um, I, but, or like like Ron Fander Kellen is a guy that's named yeah. a name that, that pops up. Like one of those dudes. Yeah, let's see it. Okay. I, I'm not sure who it was. Gary Wood. Gary Wood. All right. Well, we got one of them, right? I'll give you 200 and I'll give me 200 for that. I, I, I think right. I said Gary Wood. Nope. All right. Rocky Picture Puzzles. This is a picture puzzle category that will prove that we are the stupidest podcast on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Name the character. Rocky. Rocky Balboa. (laughs) (laughs) You're Rocky Dennis. What up, Rocky? Oh, Rocky Dennis. Yes. I didn't see that coming, Dad. Oh, my God. Okay. For 200. You got a strange mind, Tootsis. Name the character Apollo Creed. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh my god. I need a minute. (laughs) Wait till you see the last one. No wonder I received complaints when we skipped trivia for an episode. Alright, I'm ready. Without trivia. Alright, 300. Name the character. Uh, Mickey. Mickey Goldmill. Mickey Goldmill. Yes. Yes. Very good. I didn't know his last name, Chad. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you guys would know it. Alright, save the best for last. Name the character. I'm in because they are going to win. Oh, God, I oh. think I ruptured a blood vessel. In my head. <laughs> laughing so friggin' hard. That might God. be the best picture puzzle one of all, dude. I've been dragged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that puts a wrap on episode 87. Yep. But Drew, thanks so much, Ruby. That was that may be your... your, your... <laughs> hang, hang that trivia in the Louvre, man. That was just <laughs> awesome. Oh, so Drew, thanks. Uh, that was a great time tonight, as always. I'm, I'm my stomach hurts from laughing, folks. Please, if if you haven't been completely turned off by our mental deficiencies, go ahead, like, subscribe, follow us on social media at ReportTed for the show Twitter account. I'm at Purple Buckeye. Oh, Drewster, that was a whole lot of fun. We will see you next week, hopefully for the divisional round. We'll try to do better the next time, Drewster. Take us home. Thank you so much for tuning into our show. We had a great time tonight. We are back in the playoffs. That feels so good, doesn't it, folks? And you can join Ted, I, Tutsis, and Christopher Gates from the Daily Norseman in our postgame show this week after we beat the Giants. 41 to nothing.
it's really fun doing this show, Ted. You do a great job hosting. You put up with me and my idiocy. I appreciate it. And uh, look at the production tunes this does, Ted. What do you say to that? Unparalleled. Congratulations again to all of our contest winners. Well done. We'll get your prizes out. And, uh, man, we'll see you Sunday after the big the big game. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Bop, bop. Rocky, I know this is your big comeback. And I know I came back from the dead to train you. But this fight tonight is pure insanity. No way, Apollo. You just want to, you move. You move. You move. Easy, Rocky. Not too many syllables. I got lightheaded there. <laughs> hey, look, listen, I still got the eye of the tiger, you know that. Look, Rocky, you got the eye of a tiger and the IQ of a lima bean. You're not going to be fighting a man tonight. You'll be fighting an animal. Animals don't scare me. Yeah? Well, this one will. All right, fans, here we go. In the red corner, the challenger, Rocky Bell. Good. Then I guess it's gonna be mine, Rocky!